0: Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. And we are so glad you are here hanging out with us. Jamie and I, um, we've been friends for, uh, in the grand scheme of things, not very long. Um, but the thing with Jamie and I, that when we first met, we, we both realized that we uh, had shared one thing in common besides uh, our love of nostalgia and food, um, was that we... <laughs> we bonded over the fact that we both suffered grief um, over our lives. And this is grief is a common thing, but we both had very specific instances where we suffered a similar grief. And through that process, we, we talked and we said, Hey, let's start a podcast. Let's talk about these bad things that happen in life. These, these sad situations, because grief is inevitable. Right, Jamie? Yep. And so as for some people, it's very hard to deal with. And some people, it's it's um, it's a little easier. Some people uh, repress it. And we, we, we just want to talk about grief as it is in this podcast. Um, Jamie and I are both very happy people. We might sound brooding mm-hmm. at times, but we are definitely um, happy-go-lucky. So we will definitely try to inject some lightheartedness. But over the course of this podcast, it's our hope that Um, You will hear different stories of grief, some from us, some from other people who have experienced um, loss and tragedy in their lives who have overcome it or who are working to overcome it. You'll hear stories about people who have found um, good coping mechanisms and some people (laughs) with not so great coping mechanisms, and it's our hope really that you will... um, You'll hear these stories, and you'll be able to find ways to a uh, uh, process those things in your life that are not so great, or that are that are in the back of your brain that are bugging you. And for some people, that's going to therapy. For some people, if you're not ready for therapy, that's okay. We'll be your free therapist uh, every week. Exactly. Am I forgetting anything, Jamie, that we want to talk that I'm we're hitting on here?
1: Well, I mean, just to piggyback on what you were saying, it's you know really about. Uh, real people and the way we deal with things and being supportive of each other uh, to come out stronger on the other side (laughs) Um, and to, you know, just have another place to go that, you know, maybe we're worried about burdening our friends with, with the things that we're, you know, feeling, or, um, you know, maybe our friends and family aren't being supportive the way we need them to be. And so, looking for another space that's safe to, um, you know, share in the sadness, but also like, hopefully have some laughs, (laughs) a lot of laughs, probably.
0: (laughs) We're going to be talking about grief in all its forms. So obviously the first one everyone thinks of is when someone dies or you experience loss in your life, that's an important grief. That's a big grief, but we're also going to talk about relationships and divorces, how those affect you. We're going to talk about, um, trauma. Sometimes it comes from family. Sometimes it comes from outside sources. We're going to talk about um, a whole lot of stuff that that we all experience. And um, some, some of them will be very big stories about very drastic grief situations. Some will be everyday grief, you know, like losing your job or or dealing with the everyday minutia of of life. So, um, buckle in and get ready for <laughs> our first topic. And today we're going to talk about something that is really um, on all of our minds right now. With the world that is, is we're going to talk about COVID grief today. Because uh, right now, I think everyone is feeling the reality that with COVID, we are all mourning the loss of of what our life used to be. Um, whether that is uh, you know, going from in in class education to online, going from seeing your family every week to having to, you know, see them once once every two or three months. Um, we just want to talk about what what COVID's done for us and how we're processing that. So um, Jamie, COVID kind of started really like the full effect of it kind of happened in March. Um do you remember what it was like when when you found out things were kind of getting bad and and what that meant for you?
1: Yeah, it was um, it was a really interesting time for me. Um, I was actually uh, dating two people, and then things were going really well in each relationship relationship quote unquote um, and you know, I was just living my normal life. I I was, you know, going to the gym still and doing things that I was used to, traveling for work. And um, I just, I remember the last time I went out um, and it was just when things were starting and it was, it was the weekend of St. Patrick's Day. So a normal weekend that um, I would go out all the time, um, especially since, uh, well, we'll get to it eventually, but... My ex boyfriend, who has passed, his birthday um, was St. Patrick's Day. So it was always a significant day for me because I like to celebrate, even though he's not here, I like to celebrate the way he would have for him and celebrate him and his life. So um, it was a big weekend, and uh, I had gone to the beach with my best friend and one of the guys I was seeing. And, um, you know, we went to a bar afterwards. And I'm looking around and I'm like, everything's okay. Like I knew things were changing. You know, the 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 wait staff had gloves on, you know, little little things. Nobody was really wearing masks yet. And I'm like, no, it's it's fine. Like it wouldn't things wouldn't be this crowded if things were bad. <laughs> right. Um, and then basically that was the last time I went out. And I went to the grocery store the next day and that was it. And then I just kind of, you know, they started to shut things down and um it was really exciting at first right i'm trying to like i'm I'm wondering like what i don't know what it was like for you we haven't actually talked about this so i'm curious to hear um you know what it felt like for you were you going you were going into work back then right or were you were always working from home
0: yeah so when it happened um in the middle of march for us uh it's interesting because my my day job is working for an orchestra and I do marketing for them. And we had a big staff meeting a couple days prior to this, where we were sitting down saying, okay, now we're, we're keeping uh, an eye on what's happening with, with, with COVID as it's increasing in the country. And they were saying, okay, well, because I work in an orchestra, we have a lot of uh, guest artists and soloists and conductors who come from out of the country. So we were started talking about how we're gonna, you know, require health checks and and all this and all that to make sure people are healthy. And we were talking about, you know, just simply, you know, making sure your desk space is cleared off, you know, and using hand sanitizer, these these basic, you know, human health health things. And then that was, I think, Wednesday and then Friday, we were getting ready for a concert. We're gonna cancel tomorrow morning's concert, so we need you to go to the hall. And as people come through, we just tell them that the show is canceled if they haven't got the email oh, wow. yet. wow. Because they're trying to call people. So I had to literally go up there and uh, stand in front of the concert hall and say, like, sorry, folks, we're, it's not happening today. They go, oh, okay, thank you for letting us know. And people were nice about it and everything. But, um, but at that point, and the same day we canceled the concert, um, we got the notice from our HR saying, okay, everyone, um, we're going to start working from home immediately. So – um, you know, let's, let's have you work on, you know, get, get uh, remote access to your computers and everything. And wow. it happened just like that. And before I knew it, we were, we were shut down.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess I should mention that I have always worked from home um, in recent years and, but I was traveling for work a lot. So, you know, when I wasn't traveling, I was here. So there wasn't that adjustment of like, Okay, I'm not going to an office anymore. Um but I I can imagine like that seems more scary to me of like oh they're shutting our office down. You know, and of course like I knew that, you know, we have offices. My company has offices all over the place. Um but because I'm not there, it was like a little less like Scary in that sense. Um, however, uh, in those first couple of weeks, when uh, toilet paper started running out and things like that, you know, my first instinct was like, "How? What do I do about my family?" Um, my parents are are close by. My father and my stepmother. They're older, and I'm immunocompromised, and I'm like, okay what do I do? You know, like I can't go anywhere to get things for them or I shouldn't. Um, we, we, there was so much uncertainty. I mean, I just, I remember like being afraid to go walk outside. Cause I'm like, is it on the ground? You know, if I bring my sneakers in, like I, you know, you, they, they, we really didn't know how it was spread and how long it sat in the air. And it, it was, it was very, very creepy. Um, but one of the biggest things that I, I really remember the first moment of it really setting in is when we were running out of toilet paper and things. And my father was like, you know, I need X, Y, and Z. And I had it, I had it, you know, cause I'm always, I'm kind of a, a doomsday prepper in a weird way. Um, I mean, we have hurricanes. I live in Florida and we have hurricanes down here. So I'm always, I'm, I'm very like a planned. <laughs> I like to have things planned out and, you know, always make sure I have backups of everything. Um, because I don't really have a lot of people to help me and I need and need to take care of my family. And so I went over there with some of the things and you know it was weird to be afraid of my own family. And and and, af- and afraid that I was going to do something to them. So I got out of the car to give my dad the toilet paper and I like he like went to come near me and I was like no. <laughs> like what are you doing? So I like put the stuff down and then walked away. And then my stepmother was on like a the catwalk. She didn't even come down. And I just got in the car and I just cried my eyes out um, because I didn't know when I was going to be able to spend time with them again. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I really thought like we were all going to die <laughs> a little bit um, the way it was being handled. And, um, you know, I have a friend of mine who works for Brinks Security. And so she knew like a lot more than a normal person. Um, she's also a little bit of a hypochondriac. So she's like, I'm getting all my papers ready, you know, in case I die. And I'm like, should I be doing that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Did you go through any of this? Like, did you did you have that fear? That severe fear?
0: <laughs> so for me, I it wasn't it was the idea of getting to work from home was exciting for me because I I'm like <laughs>
1: A difference
0: so i was excited like i get to wear like my i could get up i could get up at eight forty five, get down to my my office downstairs wear my my pj pants and a sweater and be ready to work and um i really like that part of it because i was excited to be home more often and not that i don't love my work but um i just like the idea of being able to to take my own pace with that um but like you said when you started seeing the shortages of toilet paper which was such a bizarre thing <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing but it's still like instilled fear in us because if you, i mean at the heart of it toilet paper is like one of the most basic necessities every person has in their house and to see that that that's probably what spiraled a lot of people too because if you're if you're most basic essential you know like toilet paper and water like starts to go empty like you're thinking oh gosh what what else is gonna happen Mm -hmm. so um that was a concerning fear and then it kind of spiraled into when there was meat shortages in the country
1: yeah i was gonna say i was very i was very afraid with the meat shortage (laughs) and so i bought a bunch of meat but then we had a hurricane coming oh and so i'm like oh my god everything i just bought's gonna go if we lose power like (laughs) it's you know but um yeah that that was that was super scary too
0: it definitely, so then he, that that's what spiraled my paranoia about stuff. Um, I, you know, it came to the point where, uh, you know, it was buying groceries every three weeks because I didn't want to be in the grocery store yeah. every week around people. And it became, okay, we're going to, and then by starting to like hit up Amazon for toilet paper um, only because I was so concerned about, you know, trying to, have enough of everything you know for the family and but yeah me um, and then trying to realize like myself I'm an asthmatic and I've thankfully realized that that this doesn't really affect people with asthma too bad but there was also this concern that what's going to happen if I need to get medication you know if if I need to get a new inhaler what's going to happen with that my concern all those sorts of things. And then um, trying to process how can I just get myself through this? And that was hard because like you, I'm somebody who who likes to to be in control of my destiny, likes to be able to set things in my terms. And unfortunately the life, life the way it is uh, you don't always get a say in how things turn out for yourself. So there was definitely a lot of, of that process of, and then for me also, and we can kind of move us into the next section of the conversation, but it's thinking about the things that, that give me comfort when I'm stressed out. And, um, two things I love doing are cooking meat and going to movies. So, uh, you know, I have to be careful how much, you know, how much food I make, you know, what what kinds of food I make and limit those. But then also too, I want to go to a movie. I want to go get some escapism, but I can't go to a movie. I can't go to the theaters because they're shut down. I can't go see a show that I love doing. Yeah, you know, I can't. I can't even work anymore, really. And so, you know, I'm I, I'm losing that. And then I realized, too, the people who I talk to the most every day are my coworkers, who are my my second family. They're my best friends, and we have to see each other over Zoom once a week, twice a week, you know, three times a week but i still can't go pop into my my coworker's office and chat for 5 minutes you yeah. know um just having the stability of of what my life was it's hard it it was it wasn't cataclysmic in my life but it definitely wore me down for a very long time because i i felt i felt trapped i felt out of control i felt i felt like i was meaner too i felt like i was a more grumpy mm. person i felt like it was just I was probably the worst part of myself for, for a few months there too. So I don't know how you felt.
1: Well, like, you know, I think you and I have really interesting perspectives, right? Because, you know, you're married with a child and you were working outside of your home, right? I'm single living alone with, with a, you know, with a a chronic disease. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean asthma's not to be taken lightly either. I mean I would have been petrified. I mean I I like I was diagnosed with asthma. I don't fully believe that I have it. Um but they told me I did recently. Uh but I just knew that with my immune system like I I really can't do anything at all. Like I you know was not I I, I still really haven't been to the grocery store but maybe three times and now we're in October. <laughs> um so you know it was um I was just very, I don't know that I was, my moods, I was more emotional than I normally am. And that's not something that's like me. Um, I'm sweet and I get teared up at like happy things, usually, you know, I'll watch a YouTube video of like a, a father coming home from, from, you know, overseas or something. And like, I get teared up at that. But in my own life, um, I'm much more practical when it comes to things that are happening. And I don't cry a lot. And honestly, I've never cried so much in my life that I have this year. You know, even with all the things that I've been through and all the loss I've suffered, I've cried so much this year. And so I totally understand, like, you know, the mood changes because you feel like you've been robbed of things and, and, you know. I, I have a, the perspective of it from a lot of my friends even now are still able to go and do things. And in a state like mine, like Florida, where everything is open, um, they're just living their normal lives. And they're still angry about <laughs> the few things they have to do to follow the rules, but they're, they're mostly living their lives. I still haven't been able to go back to the gym. That was my, That was my mental health, you know, spot. I and I, I I've sought therapy through this because I I have it. it's like I've it's definitely changed me
0: for sure yeah and then I mean and you kind of touched on something too because um, I handle it one way but also too I have to process the effects of my actions and how I respond to my stress and my my grief um, as it relates to my family so my wife is um she she and her family are very close you know we uh about april or about may i should say is the start of birthday season for us and usually it's everyone there's a birthday every month and it's getting together a lot and my wife and her my wife is the only one in her family who doesn't live um in the same town anymore so being able to realize that she can't even go see her family when she wants to off the cuff of her sleeve—that's really hard. Yeah. My my son—he is an extrovert um, to the fullest extent, and he loves being a daycare every day with his friends. And <laughs> in March, we had to tell him, you know, you're going to stay with home for the- well, that for a while, and so um, he responded to different ways. Um, I've noticed even now, even when we're back to um, he's back in daycare. Uh, when we go somewhere to, we go to a park, we go to visit family. He has a really hard time reacting to leaving because I think he was so used to not being able to do anything. Um, one of the things that was probably the most heart wrenching. And as a parent, if you listen to this, you can probably relate, but it was having to tell my son that he can't go on the playground, you know, that because, because we, we call it the big germ in our house. Oh, so oh. so you know um there was a point where you know we we uh we said we can't go on the playground we can't, because they they would they would caution tape around it and saying yes you which know, is, be,
1: it makes it look like something bad happens there yeah you know like even that imagery is is kind of devastating for a child i would think
0: for sure and so telling him that he can't do what he wants because of the big germ and uh, there was a point this summer where he was like, "Daddy, can I go to the playground, please?" I'm like, "Well, big germ." He's like, "I know." He's like, but "What if I promise to use hand sanitizer and I won't, I won't play with any other kids? I won't. If any other kids come by, I'll, I'll walk away." And I'm like, "That just gutted me. That just gutted me so much." That's like,
1: "Wow." And he, because it really shows you that he fully understands. He understands the rules. He understands what he has to do. Except, well, except that he doesn't understand why he can't. You know, follow the rules and still participate.
0: Yeah, he's three years old, and he's he's three three and a half right now ish. But um, yeah, for him to be able to be aware of that, it's, and that's sad because yeah,
1: I guess we never had to think about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it, our our lives as children were so different, and so it's 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 a mourning that the reality that my son has to grow up in a world that's very confusing, even more so confusing than it than it is normally
1: tell me about it
0: (laughs) but i mean yeah it's processing that and trying to help him cope with with the changes and trying to regulate myself and make sure that i'm you know i'm not reacting in a way that's gonna make him fearful Um, because by nature when i get stressed out i get angry i get mean and grumpy uh, my wife, on the other hand, is she gets emotional, gets sad, she might cry a little bit. Um, so it's it's really fire nice in the household sometimes, but sure, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's um, it's a really unique perspective. And but I will say that there's been some some good that come out of this too. Um, there are some things, and I I kind of want to talk about that for a second too, because sure, yeah and i'll kind of start off with what i've done um so one thing that i wanted to do uh, over the i started prior to, to covid was i want to start a podcast um i actually this is this will be my second podcast now but i, I launched the podcast with a friend over uh over break over the covid break and i wanted to create something and have something that was my own and um i did that so i got to create um Something I also got to gain too is I got to have lunch with my son every day. I don't get to see; I, I see him four hours a day between daycare and work, um, so uh, minus weekends and holidays. So you know, I got to be able to set my computer down at 11, 12 o'clock, and go sit up there with him and have fun. And you know, I got to tuck him in for his nap at lunchtime. And um, you know, when he wanted to come down and work in the office, he has a little desk down here with a little laptop that he oh likes. To- how can- he likes to likes to pretend to work at, and that's really special. Um, oh my god,
1: that's amazing!
0: I, I I got to I got to make new friends. I silly enough, I didn't. I waited till July, but I started a TikTok. <laughs>
1: How about that? And, <laughs> and it
0: just so happens I made a friend, and now we're launching a podcast together. Yes! So So I'm making all sorts of new friends. I I was able to take the connections and the things that I lost. And channeled them um, into something new. You know, I, I started watching movies for my pod, my other podcast. Watching old Hollywood movies. I started um, making more meals at home because I like to cook. And so, I even though i I was letting go of these things that I was so used to that were my quote unquote norm, I got some new things that are kind of better than what I used to have. And now I can appreciate those things when I get them back. So so what sorts of things have you been able to find joy in um, over the course of all this?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, just to touch upon this quickly, on top of COVID, I, I've also been very sick this year. And, um, you know, so I have, I was on months and months of IV antibiotics, uh, where I was essentially forced to go be around people. Um, But that's where things really did start to get happier for me uh, with COVID, even though it was one of the hardest times of my life. Um, You know, health wise, I, I had in a sense, an excuse to be around people. Um, And, it was very, um, it was very unexpectedly wonderful. So uh, when I was on the IVs, I had to go into my doctor's office to to get them every single day, even on the weekends. Um, and the nurses there are, are just exceptional. And having to wear a mask and everything, I was like, well, how can I, you know, brighten these people's days? So I started making a hobby um, of picking out the weirdest, ugliest things in my closet that I would never normally wear, and just wearing them to treatment because I knew that, like, you know, that was my way of expressing things. I am a smiley, happy person ninety percent of the time. I would say even 90 percent of the time. And so to not be able to show that and my appreciation of of the people that were taking care of me, it was really tough. So I was like, well, what can I do? I'm gonna go in my closet. I'm gonna wear all these weird things, and it it really you know, did work. So that was like the, the first thing that was like really like positive where, you know, I was going and I was actually like seeing people, um, you know, uh, one of the things that was really interesting was like, I hadn't been touched in, in a really long time. No hugs, no anything, you know, I'm alone. I mean, I cuddle with the cats. I have two cats and I cuddle with them, but other than that, I hadn't been touched. So you know, I was also receiving on the receiving end of of things. And, you know, obviously it's just nurses literally sticking needles in me, um, and hooking me up to an IV bag, but it was, it was just, you know, those little moments that I was like, this is great, you know, and the things that I like took for granted before. Um, and then of course, um, you know, I had a lot of clarity with my friendships. Um, there were people that I was spending time with that I realized I outgrew. Um, and then I made a TikTok. Um, I made it, my my TikTok at the end of February. So it was like, something told me to do that. And then I, you know, it happened. And that's where, you know, I had these, these losses of friendships, which is so, so hard for me. Um, but there really was a clear distinction between my friends of like, these were people that I used to only have fun with, but when I needed them... And, you know, our like, our opinions clashed and things like they just weren't there. And so, you know, that was really tough. But in creating my TikTok, I started to find people that were more on my wavelength, um, creators, other creators, um, other people that shared my interests the nostalgia and, you know, just so many different things, music and um, just the effort it takes to put into these things um, where I was like, wow, OK, there's other people like me out there that feel the same way and um like the same things and i really connected with people and you know meeting you was like huge um and the fact that we kind of just i don't know you're like you we should make a podcast i'm like oh, okay i've always wanted to make a podcast but you know that's something that like again i had friend i had a friend that i really wanted to make a podcast with i push and i push but she was never gonna meet me there you know she was never gonna get get there and put the work in and so here we are and like it's just it's just amazing the um connection that you can feel to people even though we're not in person anymore
0: yeah that's really that's i mean yeah this is we would not be here talking with you folks you folks listening to this um had we not met over the course of tiktok because of the of a national pandemic. Um, you know, I happen to jump on one of Jamie's lives because she's uber, uber popular way more successful at it than I am. And we just started talking and then, uh, we, I, I always want to do a grief podcast. Um, and she, we, she told me her story and I was like, wow, you got some really profound thoughts. And so it, it really spiraled, you know, one thing that's been fortunate for us though, is neither of us have been, um, diagnosed with COVID, uh, which has been really, um, uh, fortunate fortunate for sure (laughs) you know (laughs) and there are people probably who might be listening to this who maybe had somebody who in their lives who either was affected by covid um or they died from covid which is a very sad thing right now we we don't want to we don't want to minimize that pain you know and if if you've had somebody if, if covid's affected you more directly than it has us Feel free to let us know. We, we would love to hear the story and maybe have you on the podcast and talk about it because it is important. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But uh, one way that it, it affected me, I guess, in a negative sense was that um, my mother-in-law, uh, she is Canadian and her sweet, her sweet mother was in Canada um, during all this and she sadly passed away in March. Um, I only got to meet this wonderful lady once, but she was in a nursing home. She, she didn't die of COVID, but she just was old age. Um, but the problem for us was that, was that my mother-in-law, um, she lost her brother to cancer two years prior. She lost her father before that. And uh, her mother was her last uh, immediate family left in Canada. And she didn't even get to bury her until September. So she literally was stuck um, stuck in the U.S., could not travel to Canada from March until last month where she finally got to bury her mother. Oh and that, that was a hard thing for her, I know, because um, that was the last piece of her life in a significant way that was in Canada. You know, she already sold her childhood home. couple years or the year before that and so that was the last thing and she couldn't get the resolution she wanted um until last month and that that's that's probably the the most direct effect I've had in terms of COVID and loss but um
1: yeah it's it's that's that's so hard you know to not be able to support somebody you love and care about um you know and like not be able to to be there physically, and I just, like, I can't imagine what it's like to lose somebody during this and not be able to, you know, I mean, now things have gotten a little bit, we're a little bit more used to it, Um, you know, we've gone through all of the stages um, of grief, I think we can all kind of relate to that, of, like, at first it was very exciting, even for me, you know, um, working from home, like, the... I didn't have any obligations anymore, social obligations. I mean, I, I you know, not that I didn't have them, I couldn't. Um, so it was like, it was in a sense a little liberating at first, just like the way you felt of like, oh, like everybody's home now, like I'll I'll clean the apartment. Like that was like my first thing, like I cleaned everything, you know, like everybody did, like I feel like a lot of people did this, right? We cleaned everything, we worked in our PJs, we, you know, enjoyed our drinks a little bit more than we should have. Um, you know, we, we kind of like, it was, it was exciting because it was change and it was, but it was like a fun change, quote unquote. I mean, you know, there are definitely people out there who lost their jobs and I, and, you know, finding that free time, you know, I think that's one of the things that's been hardest for me is watching my friends go through that. Um, You know, but uh, we kind of all went through those, this is fun. Then the anger of like, I can't do anything you know um and then kind of just the acceptance of like this is the way things are and getting used to it but at least there's like there there's less uncertainty now um but i yeah just to i i feel for for people who've lost especially people who've lost people during this whether it's COVID related or not um that's it's hard enough for to go through loss in a normal time. This is, it's just devastating.
0: Yeah. I think the really big thing we've, we've all taken away from this is that um, even the introverts, people who don't want to be around people, we all value connection. And um, for us, like either solidifying that connection with people who live in the house with us or our roommates or whatever, or it's losing the connection we had with our coworkers or seeing, you know, a grandparent or somebody in your life, um, pass away from, from COVID. That's, that's significant grief, you know, that's, that's a really hard thing to process. And I think that the connection we have to each other as humans, um, is, is really profoundly obvious during all of this. Um, grief, grief, grief is inevitable, you know, and it's, it's really hard sometimes for us to, to want to deal with it. Um, to face grief and to to realize like yeah it's happening and to to say I'm I'm not gonna let it define me I'm gonna let it you know I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna rise above it. Um, the people who who can do it I should say um, are are cut above the cloth because I for me like it was hard like I had to mentally make the make the change to say okay I'm not gonna let this wear me down anymore I'm going to push myself for, forward so.
1: Sure, sure. and and I think that's kind of why we're doing this, right? Yeah. This is, that's why we're here is you know, to just let everybody know that we we're all dealing with it. Uh, some people are too proud to admit it. Some people are very set in their ways and so you know you're gonna get the people in your life that are going to, um, you know not be supportive. And I think that's why we've, we've done this, is that, you know, to make sure that people understand that they're not by themselves, they're not alone, and however you're going through this is the right way. <laughs> um, but maybe we will be able to shed some insight into other ways that you may, maybe didn't think of, um, and, and, and just uh, be there. <laughs> if if you feel like you're you don't have anybody else there. Um you need that objective person.
0: <laughs> yeah, if if you need a shoulder to cry on, hey, we're here with you. If Absolutely. you want, if, if you, if you I'll want to I'll definitely
1: cry with you. <laughs>
0: if, okay, Jamie will cry, I'll cook you something, you know. Um will right, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll be your uh, surrogate Jewish mother to the surrogate Jewish mother <laughs> 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 You know, to make sure that you're fed.
0: You're too skinny. Need to eat something. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're we're here for you, and we realize that our experiences are not your experiences, but
1: right, we
0: want to know your experiences. We we, we want to talk to you and want to. We want to know what what you're doing to to figure this out, because chances are somebody um, can benefit from your experience. So don't be afraid to to talk about what's going on. Don't be afraid to. To share what's going on. I mean, it is hard sometimes to to face that reality of what the what our lives are right now. But um, even us talking right now, hopefully, it impacts somebody. I would imagine it would on some level, and helps them feel a little better about what's going on. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know if there's if there's one thing that I've um, learned about grief in all its forms is that um, it's a necessary. of life and um there's always going to be someone that that has gone through what you've gone through and understands and it may be somebody you don't expect um at all the people sometimes the people that you want and expect to be there for you can't meet you where you where you are because it's too hard for them and it's not a reflection of what you've got going on um you know and then there's going to be somebody that's going to catch you off guard um but yeah you know i i think what i hope to gain from this is to hear more about other people's experiences and be open-minded about how people grieve um, so that, you know, we're better prepared to support people.
0: Yes. Forward. We, we are a community of support here um, with the podcast. Um, this is just our way of getting out there. See Jamie and I, um, Jamie lives in Florida. I live in Michigan. Uh, where, where else in any point in history and time could two people from, <laughs> from, from, from varying regions of the U S uh, get together and to find that not only they have things in common, but decide they're they want to be friends enough to start a podcast together, and hang out with you guys. I mean, this is this is something that is uh, there's a reason we're here, and there's a reason why you're listening to this podcast right now, whether that is to help you out or to help somebody else out. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, just consider us your uh, your emotional duct tape. <laughs> we will put you back together as best as we can, you know, we're not professionals. And I think that's why we're so, um, you know, why we're so interested in doing this is because it's a a little bit of a gentler way of dealing with things. Just we're friends. We want you, we want you to know that we're your friends and we'll, we'll tape you back together. (laughs) Duct tape fixes pretty much anything.
0: (laughs) Everything in your own time, folks, everything in your own time. We're just going to, you need a friend. We're here, and when you're when you're ready to to put the work in, hopefully you'll have a couple resources. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in for the very first episode of Emotional Duct Tape. Thank we're, you so much. We're, we're back next week with um, with a few. We're we're gonna start diving into our stories and tell you a little bit about uh, the grief we've experienced um, in our lives beyond COVID. And then after that, we're gonna start bringing on some friends uh, to tell their stories and. Um, it's going to be great. So, uh, until next time, um, have a great day.
1: Thanks. Bye.